You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, and I'm so glad to have you with me. We cover all things ACC Conference conversations when it comes to football, basketball, and more. I've got my Monday host, Kenton Gibbs, in the building. He hosts Locked On Wolfpack. I'm sure he's got a lot to talk about as this was a wild weekend for him and his team. Kenton, how are you? How's the weekend going? Are you fully recovered from all the craziness over this weekend? You know, um, I, I'm not going to lie. The Lions lost on a 66-yard field goal, uh, longest in NFL history last second. And uh, Chris Dunn missed three of them things Saturday. And this has been a tough time for me with kickers. But NC State got the win. And, uh, you know, we knew this year was going to be a rebuilding year for the Lions. So I can't be too broke up about it. All in all, everything is well. Of course, and we'll have a lot of kicking conversations on today's show. Remember, if you have not yet, make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere we're available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. We have a full length of shows covered every day. The first two, Monday, Tuesday, we recap the weekend. Wednesday, we give you those power rankings. And then Thursday and Friday, we look ahead to our respective teams. So Kenton is going to go over the teams he covered. We start with the Atlantic, we hit the Coastal, and then we finally talk about the game of the weekend. I feel like I already know what that is for Ken, but I'm sure he might surprise me here in a second. So let's start with the Atlantic division. We first want to talk about Louisville came out with a big win against Florida State. Now, while most people are saying Florida State win is, of course, like by this time now, we know what Florida State really is. Well, we should be still happy for Louisville, who came out kind of lulled to start the season against Ole Miss. But now they're kind of riding pretty Malik Cunningham doing his thing. Can you talk about the 31-23 victory for the Cardinals? I'm going to channel a Florida State great here. Who want to eat a W? Who want to who eat a W? Because you know what? This Louisville team, at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. Louisville isn't at that level to where you're like, I mean, we won, but, you know, it was just lowly. Listen, a win is a win is a win. Uh, you take a win, especially in the conference win. They look good. They held on to, to uh, make Florida State become an 0-4 team. That's all you can hope for out of them, regardless of whether the win is by 40 or by four. A win is a win, period. They did their jobs. They came out uh, with more points than Florida State at the end of the game. And I know that's a very basic analysis, but that, that's the fact of the matter here, right? People are playing around like Louisville was supposed to dominate them. I don't know where y'all got that notion from. I really don't. Let's be happy that Louisville got a win if you're in the Louisville's fan base and rock with that. Malik Cunningham was 264 yards on the day, 25 for 39. And should he start being more of in the conversation when it comes to this top quarterback play when it comes to the ACC? Absolutely. Some of the quarterbacks that we mentioned as being top guys in the ACC, they've underwhelmed and underperformed massively so far. Everybody, people had DJ in preseason Heisman talks. And that man has not, for lack of a better word, pissed a drop this year. So, I mean, what are we what are we saying here as, as far as that goes? A lot of other top guys in the ACC, Sam Holland, those tiny hands of his can't hold on to the ball. So, I mean, what it's to me, if you don't want to include Malik Cunningham in the upper echelon of um, ACC quarterbacks, I would very simply say, who do you think you could put on that team and they'd be better because Malik is no longer their starter? That's a very good point here. I will let that jab at Sam Howell go because, you know, we'll, we're 
fan, we're friends on the show, right? So I'll let that one slide. But I will say it's interesting how much hype we have built around this being the quarterback conference. Maybe it was just us in the media super excited to have sports back and we were just assuming like everyone's going to resume the position and we're just going to go as it flows. And so that's a little bit, I would say, on us for overhyping, overselling some of these players, some of these teams, because these are just guys, they're 18, 22-year-olds trying to figure it out, and they are figuring it out a lot of consistently inconsistent in a lot of consistently inconsistent ways. I think the biggest problem is people are starting to lose sight of what the quarterback really is. For years, the thought was you have to surround a quarterback with talent, and that makes the quarterback better. And everybody understood that. In the new era of the game, because we have every rule in the, the book for how you can, you can barely sneeze on the quarterback without it being a 30-yard penalty and a three ejections for you and two players of the offense's choosing, we now believe that quarterbacks can single-handedly will teams to national championships and will teams to wins, when in reality, that's not the case. I mean, if you look at the quarterbacks that are performing the best in the conference right now, they all have elite receiving cores. They all have receiving cores that they, I mean, they're getting more separation than a couple that got married in Vegas. Like they, they're just dominating the defensive backs and they're not being pressured. That's the reality of it. The idea that, oh, any quarterback can just, regardless of who you put out there with him, he's a good quarterback, so he's going to make it happen. It's baloney. And I'm not talking about the Oscar Mayer kind. I mean the cheap family dollar baloney that molds after two days. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up in the face of reality. No doubt. Well, I'm sure Malik Cunningham conversations can continue over at Locked On Louisville podcast. You guys, to make sure you guys check that out. We'd love to give our fellow ACC people some love here. Now let's talk about Boston College, who came into the weekend needing to prove themselves, right? They were 3-0, and but nobody felt like they were a true 3-0. Three and O. They had to face Mizzou, who didn't exactly wasn't exactly the defensive powerhouse, you know, that anybody was expecting, but had a solid squad. Then you have Coach Drink, who's sitting here talking about how defense is kind of lackluster, or how Boston College is kind of lackluster. Not sure why we even have them on the schedule. And what did Boston College do? They stepped up in a big way at home to go four and O against that squad. I think that was one of the better games. Ended up being forty one and thirty four. And for me. Seeing Grossell kind of poised in the moment and just delivering and not really getting too emotional, right? Not letting the emotions get the best of him. That to me speaks a lot to Coach Halfley and what he's done with this team so far this season. Absolutely. But also, Coach Drink wrote a check that his behind couldn't cash. That's what happened. That's fair. That's fair. That's what happened. He was wolfing all the wolf tickets and then he, he got out wolfed. That's what happened there. The fact of the matter is, we have seen in this year there are more there's more unpredictability this year than we've seen in quite some time right you don't know who's really good and who's not at this point in the season and you're sitting up here saying oh well you know i don't know why they're on the schedule i would hope that coach drink didn't say that i would hope not because at the end of the day y'all aren't big dogs in the sec y'all certainly guys. said that he most it's for a fact so, so with that being said, I don't know why, because you're not that type of team. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. You went out there and Halfley showed you you aren't that guy. And, and it's very interesting because Coach Drink is a guy who has ACC roots. He was an offensive coordinator under Dave Dorn and then went on to App State and then went on to Missouri. So the question becomes, you noted that we play quality football here in the ACC and yet you were still 
popping off at the mouth, not look at you. You know, not look at you. You don't got kicked in your chest. Exactly. You look a little crazy. Well, we're going to switch things up here. We're going to talk about the coastal thing, coastal teams. We're gonna Because we're going to end the day with a little bit of state Clemson conversation, which I predicted. I don't even, He hasn't even said it yet, but I'm pretty sure that was the best game of the weekend. We're going to talk about that here last. But first, I want to remind you guys about the college sports daily fantasy that is prize picks, right? They are the leader in this bad boy. They offer props only you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of the users in de- that deposit can use promo code locked on. All right. Make sure that you guys allow, you know, mixed sports entries to get in your conversations. You can pick two to five players and over under on their projections. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. They're safe and offer fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizefix.com. Use promo code locked on or go to the App Store on the or download the app today. Make sure you guys hit up prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. All right, so we're sitting here with Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack. He covers shows here. There it is. He covers some teams here for our Locked On ACC podcast. And we're going to switch and talk about the Coastal here in our next conversation, right? So we had Miami who came in and said, listen, we need a confidence booster. So let's play CCSU, right? They beat them handedly 69 to (laughs) 0. Wasn't even the show, wasn't even close. Now, we knew this team was going to win, right? We knew they were going to win in, you know, seriously good fashion. But does that move the needle for you in terms of whether Manny Diaz is a good coach? Does it move the needle for you of whether De'Aaron King, who didn't really play, should still be in top quarterback conversation? Should we be, you know, giving Manny Diaz more credit when it comes defensively? I feel as if this was just one that they they finally got a breather. We can reset and refocus, but nothing really does it for me when it comes to the outcome. I don't know why anybody would believe that a win against Central Connecticut State changes anything about anything. De'Aaron King is an elite quarterback in this conference. Mm. But like I said earlier, it's about the weapons you have around you. Quickly, name his top two receivers. Come on with it. Charleston Rambo. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, what's my guy? Ooh, I see his face. Ooh, Jordan. Stop right Jordan. there. Jordan. Stop. Brevin Jordan? No, 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 no. Not, that's the one. He's in the league now. Okay. 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 Yeah, but that's my point. That's my mm-hmm. point. But Charleston that's Rambo my... was right. Okay. Charleston Rambo is one. Name his top running back. And here's the thing. This is not to say that Candace Cooper doesn't know football because there are very few people who know ACC football as well as you. But guess what? Cameron Harris ain't about nothing. It's the reality. That offense is De'Aaron King or bust. He did everything that he could to keep them in the game, both against Alabama and against Michigan State. And, and who else did they play this year that they lost to? They lost to Alabama, they lost to Michigan State, and they lost another one. Long story short, De'Aaron they kept King. It close, no, they kept it close to Appalachian State. They kept it close and, and beat App State. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the fact of the matter is, this is a team that, I mean, you said it last week. What is your identity besides get the ball to De'Eric and get out the way? What is your identity? Well, like, and I get it. He's a quarterback, so it's a little different than Duke's uh, situation with Mateo Durant. But 
when we're looking at this situation, you cannot tell me with a straight face, we've surrounded him with nothing and we expect him to take off and make this a great team. As, for as much as I talk about Sam Howell and his fumbling problems and whatnot, he's a very good quarterback. It's just he has nothing there now except downs. And that's just it, – it's plenty of quarterbacks that I could go on and on and on about. They just don't have the weapons. It's a great thing that you mentioned Sam Howell because that's the next team we have to talk about, but it's not for Sam and the Tar Heels. It's for Georgia Tech and the Yellow Jacket to trounce – on UNC and beat them 45 to 22 in what was a dominant performance from the Yellow Jackets, a very confident Yellow Jackets team who, to me, we all knew Coach Collins was going to come in and come in swinging. After you almost beat almost after you almost beat Clemson, you have that want to and that desire. You're just trying to get to that next level. And beating the team that's sitting atop of the coastal in everyone's preseason eyes is how you do it. Here's the very interesting thing to me. They People say there's no such thing as moral victories. They lost to Clemson by 70 last year. I'm sorry. What was it, 63? Was that the exact number? Sure. Whatever number it was, they lost by over 60 points. You divide that up by seven, you end up with about nine touchdowns. They lost to Clemson by nine touchdowns last year. This year, they come out losing by less than nine points. That, to me, if you're a coach and you're saying, do you see how much better we've got? Do you see how much in one year, how much improvement has been made? You can do it with that. You can do it with that. And from there, they have a just a stud backfield. They have guy after guy after guy. You think, oh, Gibbs is out of the game. Boom, another dude's coming at you. Oh, Downs is out of the game. Boom, another dude is coming at you. At the end of the day, they came in waves, okay? And that includes Sims, who also has good ability running the ball. So this Georgia Tech team, they came in waves. They came relentlessly. And kudos to them. Kudos to them. I, I think that a lot of people are forgetting. In order to win football games, it's not about, even in college now where everybody's being all cutesy-wootsy and doing every option in the world and doing triple reverse throwbacks and all that. It's about who does the little things best. The little things being who blocks the best, who tackles the best, who catches the ball when it hits their hands. And to me, Georgia Tech did those things better than um, North Carolina did. I mean, when you look at the numbers, like total yards, Carolina had 369, Georgia Tech had 394. First down is 18 to 19, right? You look at rushing. Carolina had 63 yards rushing to Georgia Tech's 261. I'm not saying that's the ball game. I'm just saying when you look at rushing defense, Carolina has to be last. They have to. Like, if you cannot do fundamental tack tackling, where do we go from here? How do I defend you? How can I go hard in the tank for you if you can't do the basics? I can't go hard if you don't know the fundamentals. But more than that, I think the fact that your coordinator is telling the media that they were not prepared for Sims to play, therefore we were not prepared for anything going on. Child, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That just lets me know you set your kids up for failure. Not only that, but here's the problem. How much do you think that defensive coordinator is getting paid? Too much. You're getting paid a king's ransom, sir. You ought to prepare for every eventuality that can come because, I mean, what? If you look at what Sims presents as a running threat, right, and you look at what his backup presents as a uh, a little bit better of a pocket passer, but not not exponentially better, they present many of the same problems. 
Sims is only slightly more athletic. So if you're telling me, oh, we weren't prepared for Sims, guess what? You wouldn't have been prepared for the backup either, buddy. You wouldn't have been prepared for him. Jordan Yates ain't exactly sitting around just waiting for his throws to come. No, he's not doing that. But what really that tells me is y'all better figure it out because Mateo Durant is about to have a day on y'all as this is and, in Carolina too. And, and, and like I said, the only saving grace, the only saving grace going forward for this UNC team against Duke, Mateo Durant is one man. They don't have the same level of backs when you're getting to the second, third rushing options that Georgia Tech does, okay? That's the only thing they got going for them. And everybody's really high on Holmgren. Me, not so much. But Holmberg? He can, uh, Holmberg. I'm sorry, Holmberg. Holmberg can prove something to me this game. He can prove something to me this game, okay? I'm not as high on him as most folks are. If he takes home that Liberty Bell, hmm, some conversations may need to get had. Some coordinators need to be fired. But anyway, I'm not and I don't like to call for people's jobs, but at some point, if you cannot play big in your one and six during night games when it's really primetime action, you gotta answer for somebody's gotta answer for it, right? I never thought that Mac Brown is the one who calls games. He's big on the X's and O's, but Longo and Bateman, you've got to give us something more than what I'm seeing here because it's just not working for me. But of course. More to Georgia Tech. I think that was an excellent game. You ran all over them. You kept on their neck. You did not let up. That was the important part. You can't let Carolina get back in the game because there are moments, there are flashes. I mean, there are 64-yard touchdowns that you saw from Sam Howell. He can do that, right? He can't do it often because he doesn't have the weapons, but he can absolutely do that. So you had the opportunity to be in the game, stay in the game, put it away, and you did so. And kudos to your team for getting it done. Now let's talk about... Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh here. First up, Virginia Tech, who had a close game, surprisingly enough, against Richmond, ended up pulling away 21 to 10 on the night. But once again, I'm sitting here saying Virginia Tech's got a little bit more, you know, grit and want to than I initially thought going into the season. You know, this Virginia Tech team is very perplexing for me. I don't know what's going on with them. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that Braxton can't throw the ball. You know that Braxton can't throw. Braxton knows Braxton can't throw the ball. But what I'm saying is a little confusing for them. Who are y'all offensively? You, If your quarterback can't throw the ball, I'm guessing you're in tight, physical, downhill, boom, boom, boom. Sure. But they're trying to find a way to get the ball to Trey Turner. They're trying to find a way to get it to the weapons on the perimeter, which at a point it seems to be coming out of cost of that physicality a little bit. You've got to know who you are and know the Coastal is not only wide open, the entire ACC is wide open. Don't play a game of this might develop and we might could get better in this area. And if we, if we get better in this area, no, 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 no. What are we good at? We're good at that unbalanced, too tight end, straight downhill, no frills. Let's do that then. Let's do that. Let's make defenses have to line up against us and know they're coming downhill for 60 minutes. And maybe when you get a better quarterback, you figure out what you want to do in the passing game. But for now, downhill, no frills me, please. If that that's <laughs> your path to winning an ACC championship or at least Pittsburgh, a coastal. For sure. And then Pittsburgh, of course, taking care of business, being New Hampshire 77 to 7. Kenny Pickett, arguably to me, 
is the best quarterback in the ACC right now. He's just shown it week after week. I think he's shown his maturity as a quarterback, his leadership as a quarterback. I think even when he had the hiccup and they lost against Western Michigan, you still saw him have a day. And, I mean, it proved your point about quarterbacks are only one person. They can only do so much. It's kind of like Brendan Armstrong that – you know, we talk about who is doing everything he can for Virginia, but if you don't have a defense, damn it, you just can't, you know, win games. So I think Kenny Pickett is just rolling in a time where I assumed we would just be having so many conversations about Sam Howell. That's just simply not the case. And we do, I mean, we're forced to look elsewhere and they're, the guys are stepping up and they're delivering and Kenny Pickett is certainly one of these guys. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about Kenny Pickett's ability. And this offense is maturing and developing around him. However, the defense, like I said last year, they have more guys drafted than Clemson. Pittsburgh is not the type of program that can recover from that like that. Pittsburgh, to me, is the program that was most hurt by the pandemic because that was their year. What we're seeing out of NC State now, and we'll get to them in a few, but what we're seeing out of NC State now as far as the ceiling of beating a Clemson, that's where Pitt was last year if everything goes well. If Patrick Jones does not sit out because of COVID, if they don't have a bunch of other uh, star defenders go off and get drafted and all that, and, and the season is shortened and, and create all the craziness that happened surrounding uh, the, the virus. So it is defensively, we're seeing what we expect to see. That defense is depleted talent-wise, and they're doing everything they can. But this team goes as Kenny goes. And that defense needs to step up and maybe hold teams to about 28, maybe 30. I mean, 28, 24, maybe. And I think they'll be all right. But that's a tall order against some of these teams they got coming up. No doubt. Well, let me get to your favorite game of the weekend. We're going to talk about NC State and Clemson here. But, guys, I want to remind you about Sweat Block. Listen, if you guys have not yet had the opportunity, you are missing out this deodorant antiperspirant is dry shirt guaranteed and it, if it doesn't keep you dry you get your money back it is featured and tested on many shows which is a bestseller on amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews currently number one in amazon antiperspirant category and manufactured right here in the united states you can wear what you want it's your little secret to confidence this is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. So let me tell you, if you want to get in on the action and you have a, a need, you don't want to pit out, no more picking shirts based on what you want to hide your sweat better, you should really hit up Sweat Block. Go to sweatblock.com for 20% off using promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CBS. This week's limited time flavor is cookie dough chunk. I can tell you firsthand that this cookie dough chunk bar is excellent. It is along with the nine delicious flavors that Built Bar has, the best tasting protein bar ever. So there's really something for everyone. My favorite flavor personally being mint brownie. I love it because I get a little mint taste with also that sweet brownie treat. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine. Most of the flavors have 17 to 18 grams of protein, under 200 calories, and just 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BillBar.com right now. 
use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Rounding out the show here with Kenton Gibbs, and we are talking about his team that he covers, NC State Locked on Wolfpack Podcast. Say that four times fast, okay? He, all right, please, that's really... No more eating W's? Please. No more eating W's? Okay. Please stop doing that. All right. Jameis got me motivated. He got me motivated. I see that. So we're talking about the Wolfpack. Who took down the Clemson Tigers? A top 10 team. Haven't done that since 2012. 27-21 victory. It was an overtime win. Man, it didn't have to be overtime, though. Shout out to our kickers. Start out with Dunn, who missed three kicks on the day. But it did not end as it usually does for NC State. They finally were able to get over the hump and seal the victory. As someone who's been a part of that program, who has seen the hard times, but also little flashes of some good, please talk about what this win means for not only you know the players, but also just the program, essentially, and then for you know Wolfpack fans. Um, well, the fact of the matter is simple, right? Everybody said, well, Doran's problem is no signature wins. No signature win. No signature win. Hey, by the way, did you know that Dorn doesn't have a signature win? Well, guess what? He got his signature win. It doesn't matter what uh, Clemson turns out to be this season. They are, what, one year removed from being playoff bound every year for the past five. Winning when they don't winning when they don't have a complete regime change as far as the coaches and whatnot go and there's a complete upheaval, it matters. It matters. So uh, this game was extremely important for NC State to win. I said – that if they cannot get over the hump, if they cannot win some big games this year, then it's very clear Doran has a, a definite ceiling and his ability to do even when he's in an optimal situation. Like I've already, I've already told y'all time and time again about what's going on around the ACC. If Doran could not win with this team, with what he was going up against, it was going to be a tough time. Yeah, I completely agree. But more than that, I think that NC State finally has a confidence that has never had before. Like, truly believing, but really being in the thick of it, I think this was the game that you saw. Yeah, we're winning, no doubt, right? It sucks that it had to come down to kickers in some moments, but even defensively, they stayed in that game. They exposed DJ and the fact that he has a lot of limitations in his game. But you know, there were things that didn't go their way and they still battled and they were battle tested time and time again and still rose to the occasion. So it really just spoke to the energy of Carter Finley. A lot of people were talking about the hype around that playing in that environment it was one of the best in the conference. And I just think all things were pointing towards they had to win this game. So many things were going in their direction. I believe, I'm a very firm believer in the fact that this game was not only one of, um, oh, Clemson lost it. This was a game that NC State won. Uh, mm-hmm. This game should not have gone to overtime, but it's not just on Chris Dunn. Uh, big Devin Carter drops a touchdown pass that hit him in the fingertips. And if you say, oh, well, he had to stretch out for that one. Okay, sure, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith didn't have to stretch out for that ball that came uh, zooming in over his shoulder. He just dropped it. And, and so if you hit those two touchdowns, you're looking at 14 points. Both of those were in the end zone. I mean, neither one of them is in a situation where if that player holds on to that ball, there's still a chance where they can fumble or they get caught. Or No. So, I mean, realistically, they dominated time of possession. They ran the ball at will. They did what they needed to do 
this game should not have been as close as it was, honestly and truly, but it was because NC State, they love to beat a cardiac pack. They just cannot survive without having to get a fan. I'll tell you what, all the NC State fans over 70, I'm sorry. Some of y'all might have to go up to yonder the way that they playing with y'all hearts. I'm sorry. Make sure you take your Metamucil, your, your good vitamins and minerals. Okay. Because if not, they're going to send you up to be with the Lord. Okay? I'm just trying to say because I think this is where I start getting cherry pick cherry picking when it comes to players because I think Kenny Pickett could have delivered you know, when it comes to quarterback play, I think that Sam Howell and I think that maybe Brandon Armstrong really would have hit those targets. Or what do you or do you think? Nah, David Larry's the guy. Here's here's my thing, right? Okay. If we're talking about those quarterbacks hitting it, I can mm-hmm. understand that if Devin Leary throws bad balls there. Mm-hmm. All, both one ball, everybody said, well, if the receiver tracks it better, he catches it. The other ball, the receiver literally turned around and it dropped right here. <laughs> if you can't catch. I can't hand it to you better. I, if we were, it, Allison Felix could not be on the track and hand you the baton no better than that. Like at the end of the day, there's, I, as I've always said, there's only so much a quarterback can do. But also, we saw on the flip side of that, look at what Emeka Mezzi did. I mean, look okay. at him. He was matched up with Booth, the guy that everybody said, him and Stingley, it's one in one A or it's one in two. Well, Emeka said, well, I, I like my respect too. I like some respect. Put some respect on my name, please. And he he had his way with Booth at times, especially down in the red zone. And listen, we saw Skalski go down. We saw Breezy go down. And I, you know, of course, you never want to see people injured. But to me, that did not take away from, again, NC State's performance. I think that it spoke to more how Clemson's defense is just defeat. I mean, they've had to do everything for their program this season. DJ still figuring it out, right? And offensively, it's like DJ, Justin Ross can connect at times, and you're just hoping that when they connect, it's in the end zone, because if it's not, man, it's a long day. He does not have a Travis Etienne, and a lot of people were comparing, like, who is this guy who played during the Notre Dame game? Yeah, well, when he was with Travis Etienne, he was checking it down, right? He didn't have to, you know, air the ball out or make extremely executive decisions, and Travis Etienne was making sugar out of crap a whole lot, right? So I think that that really just speaks to, you know, what was – but now where does Clemson move on and how did they move forward? Because they're coming up against a Boston College who's feeling very good about themselves. They got a good a good Mizzou win. And they're saying, why not us? Which coach, the coach Halfley, I'm almost confident they're saying, why not them? I, I'm sure they are. And the reality is simple. Clemson is facing a little bit of a situation where they have to look themselves in the mirror and have a gut check to, or have a reality check that they haven't had in some time. They have to evaluate all of it top to bottom because you don't just go from beating a team by 71 year to barely scraping by because of two players being missing. Mm -hmm. And I said, I I tweeted this out. I said this as well on locked on Wolfpack. If you're, if you haven't been listening, come on, because I come on with the come on because I'm telling you what it is, what it ain't, what it could be and what it can't. I said that this game was either going to see Clemson's offense take off or their defense was going to implode due to wear and tear. And we saw which one it was. We saw which one it was, you know? And if we're talking about what happened down the stretch, Devin Leary made some amazing throws. The pass to Devin Carter, you know, they they had the game manager allegations out on Devin Leary. He beat him. He was a dog in that pick. He beat the allegations, ladies and gentlemen. But he made an absolutely perfect pass to Devin Carter in the corner where only he could catch it. He made – 
which really had me wondering why they were playing in the it for the field goal to end regulation. But that's another story for another time. There were multiple moments where you get Devin Leary making the perfect pass and, and everything works out great. Amazing. Good for NC State. But as Clemson, you have to ask yourself, how much of a difference would it have made if our defense wasn't out there so long? On that last play to Devin Carter offensively, that touchdown, Devin Leary was in the pocket for a full five seconds. Go back and count it. If you think I'm lying, go back and time it from snap to release of the ball. He had enough time to pat the ball, go from read one to read two to read three. When you are allowing that out of a quarterback, I don't care who it is. In this ACC, all of these quarterbacks are pretty good. They'll make you pay. And he did. And he certainly did a great game that if you guys want to hear more exclusive insider look, you guys got to hit up Locked on Wolfpack. That podcast is certainly going to have that better breakdown. Well, Ken, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? Well, you see at the bottom of the screen right there, TGIF underscore Kenton. You can also find me at LO underscore Wolfpack. And wherever you're listening to this, you can find me at Locked on Wolfpack, where we're going to be celebrating. We're going to be celebrating this win over Clemson. But also a 24-hour rule. We're going to get right back to the ground and, and looking forward to what we got next in front of us because you can't stuff the Wolfpack stuff unless you win after a big win. That's the true test. A hundred percent. I definitely agree with that. Well, if you guys are trying to bet on any more of the ACC conference and you want to get in on the action, you want to hear how to do it exclusively, strongly encourage you to hit up the Locked on Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. You guys can find them at the on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts, part of the Bet on. It is published by betonline.ag. All right, guys, we are looking ahead towards tomorrow. We'll further recap the rest of the teams with J.J. Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils. It's going to be a good one. I am excited about it. You know, got an opportunity to talk with him. And then we get in our power rankings. Thursday, we look to week five with uh, Tyler Aki. And then Friday, Freestyle Friday with Jersey Drake. We get you ready for the weekend with all of your betting action. So you don't want to miss that. Look forward to having you back. And until next time.